The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garan Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. We're returning to the WA Goldfields today to a company that describes itself as a gold explorer working towards developer status. I'm talking about Latitude Consolidated, which popped onto the radar in late December when it secured a game-changing deal with gold producer Silver Lake. That deal saw Latitude acquire a big land package and a 1.1 million ounce resource base in the Murchison region to the northwest of Mekathara for the knockdown price of $8 million or $10 a resource ounce. The acquisition means the company can now think about becoming a producer while also chasing down the untapped exploration upside it has in the Murchison. Latitude trades under the code LCD, an easy one to remember, but to be sure it's Lima Charlie Delta. It had a last sale price of six cents a share for a market cap of about 54 million. It was a 2.5 cents stock ahead of the Silver Lake deal, so it can be said the market has given the acquisition the thumbs up. There were a couple of key management appointments that came with the Murchison deal, including that of Tim Davidson as CEO and Paul Adams of Spectrum fame, with Spectrum acquired by Remelius after the discovery and resources growth under Paul at its high-grade Penny West deposit. Now, we have Tim with us today to bring us up to speed on the Latitude story, which is what you want to see, basically, from a, a junior in the WA goldfields. Near-term development potential in conjunction with exploration upside. So, good day, Tim. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks for your time today. Thanks, Barry. It's uh, it's great to be here. All right. Now, I, I did wax lyrical there about Paul Adams, but uh, I was, what about yourself? It'd be great if you could give listeners a rundown on your professional career and your appointment to uh, Latitude. Yeah, absolutely. And my, my background's predominantly operations. I'm a mining engineer by trade and, and worked with a number of um, uh, prominent mining companies, uh, Newmont, BHP, and, and more recently, Silver Lake. And, and that, that uh, experience with Silver Lake uh, developing underground mines and, and um, their operations in and around Kalgoorlie uh, and, and building a relationship, a strong relationship with the managing director there, Luke Tonkin, um, really facilitated this this transaction. Okay, so for your eight million dollars, what did you actually get? Uh, we got a, a a fantastic asset in the Murchison, and so it's a prolific gold producing region. Um, we're surrounded by multi million ounce uh, gold deposits, and 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 we acquired at the time. Uh, 800,000 ounces of, of gold in, in resource. Um, we've since upgraded that to, to 1.1 million ounces, so a fantastic outcome for, for Latitude and Latitude shareholders. We got a significant geological data set, which is, which is an excellent tool for us as we progress our exploration works on, on the tenure. So $30 million would have, has been spent on that if we were to go on go and replicate that data now to cost significantly in excess of $30 million. And that's mm. 786,000 metres of drilling, aeromagnetic data, sub-audio, gravity, the whole suite across our tenure. So a fantastic tool for our geological team to use with, 
with the exploration work that, that we're progressing. Uh, the, the land package itself, 343 square kilometres, um, mining leases and exploration licences, and importantly, the all the resources that we have in the ground are covered by mining leases. So, so that's a, a, another fantastic point. Uh, and it's an infrastructure-rich environment, the Murchison Goldfields. I mentioned we're, we're surrounded by you know, multi-million ounce deposits, and with that, there's large processing infrastructure as well. Uh, so to the north and to the south, uh, large operating gold mills, and we've got the main arterial, the Great Northern Highway, passes directly through our tenure. So, so it's a fantastic area to be in, and uh, we're really happy and lucky to have secured the, the project. Mm. Now this, uh, from what I can see, sort of three distinct areas up around Andy Wealth and down to, uh, is it Tunbury? Yeah, the Turnbury deposit, which sits, Turnbury, about, uh, sits about 15 kilometres southeast of, of Andywell itself. And then uh, we go down a bit further to St Anne's, an uh, unexplored gold trend. So maybe if we uh, focus up on uh, the Andywell area where there is, there's a, uh, an old mill uh, that produced under Dore Ray 330,000 ounces at 8 grams a tonne until 2017 in a $1,600 gold price environment. And, I know the gold price has taken a bit of a beating recently, but it's still 2,340 Aussies, so still a good time. Um, so tell me what uh, the story of Andy Well is. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Well was a, a fantastic asset for, for Dore, and and Dore was a, a successfully produced over a number of years. They produced, as you said, in, in excess of 330,000 ounces at a, at a head grade of 8 grams per tonne. And and that's you know that's fantastic in anyone's anyone's books and and certainly if you look at some of the producing mines at the moment head grades are significantly below that so so with that there's still half a million ounces in the ground and, and we see a, a clear path to to put that asset back into production and you know to to look at the last full financial year operating and, and cost metrics for Dore in financial year. 2017, they, they produced 53,000 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of, of about $1,520 an ounce. And, and if you look at that through the lens of today's gold price, that mine would have would have generated in that one year alone in excess of, of $40 million free cash. So, mm. so it's a it's a fantastic asset, was for Dore, and, and we certainly see it as, as being excellent. And with regards to the mill, the the mill infrastructure is largely still on site. Silver Lake, prior to uh, to completing the transaction with with us, removed the ball mill and the gravity circuit. So there are some components that have been removed, but look, there's uh, a large amount of that plant is is existing on site and the support infrastructure. So the workshop and the stores um, building and uh, and the powerhouse minus the generators is, is still there as well. So not only is there a large existing resource, um, you know, the half a million ounces. But also the, and that's at 8.6 grams per tonne, I might add. So again, a, a very good grade. Uh, there's also significant support infrastructure on site. Okay. Now, if we move down south a bit to uh, Tumbury, the high grade uh, gold uh, open pit uh, deposit there. Yeah, Tumbury's a Tumbury's a, a a different um, development prospect or different resource to to Andy Well in that it's. Uh, it is is more of a initially more of a, an open pitable resource. Uh, certainly, we see um, an underground, a high grade underground beneath the pit, but but it's virgin at the moment, hasn't been mined, 
and, uh, and, and has significant strike and significant um, potential to grow that resource at depth. Uh, the deposit strikes over 1.5 kilometres. It's had 65,000 metres of drilling into it. And, and with that drilling, 55,000 metres of that has, has been in the top 200 metres. So really below 200 metres, it, it hasn't had a lot of drilling. And, and we see some high grade shoots there that with further work and, and um, some additional drilling below that resource, we see those shoots extending at depth. So it's it's a it's again a, a very a very good resource to have in our portfolio and and certainly something that that we're excited by from a, a development prospect both you know initially as, a, as an open pit but certainly underground um, development at a later date beneath the pit uh, and we're working to to understand what that looks like and and also from a resource growth potential at depth so again a, a very complementary asset to what we have in in the Andy Well resource. And then a little bit further south, you have the upside that might come from St. Anne's. Yeah, the, the, that's a, a very interesting prospect, the St. Anne's prospect, in that it displays similar geology, uh, geological characteristics to, to what we see at, at Turnbury. Um, so Turnbury's uh, located within a, a magnetic dolerite, or the mineralisation's hosted within a, a magnetic dolerite unit. And, and from the, the aeromag uh, imagery, we see that that, that um, geological package extends to the north of Turnbury and, and also to the south. And then at St. Anne's, which is, which is about three kilometres south of the, the southern end of Turnbury, uh, we've got, you know, large anomalism at, at the, the, Turnbury, uh, the St. Anne's prospect strikes over, over a kilometre. So, so when you look at Turnbury, one and a half kilometres of strike, St. Anne's is very similar to that in that the gold anomalism we see in the, the historical drilling has has a strike of, of about a kilometre uh, and, and certainly hasn't been closed off. But it's had very limited drilling and, and we see that as, you know, as an opportunity with further work to uh, to build up a better understanding of the of the mineralisation there and, and put a resource around it. Right. Okay. Now, I mentioned I see the story in two parts, the exploration and the development side of things. Let's look at the development side of things first. And you've mentioned there that uh, there's uh, plenty of uh, hungry uh, third-party mills in the region. So what's the thinking? Uh, a toll treatment, a refurb at the Andy Well Mill or a combo of the two? Yeah, we're, in, we're investigating all of those options. We're, we're engaging with, with neighbouring parties that have got infrastructure in the region. Um, the, the plant at, at Andy Well, the, the existing mill at, at Andy Well is, is suitable for you know, small tonnage uh, high grade operations, which is very, which is very much what Andy Well Underground Mine uh, is uh, or was, and um, and and with Turnbury we see a large open pit development there. So perhaps those two aren't aren't quite compatible, no. um, but certainly you know we're engaging with those those third parties in the region to understand what capacity they've got to uh, to process our our open pit material. So. With regards to you know to development, we're we're working through the study work at the moment to to understand what that looks like, and and that might be uh, that we we um, you know toll process both the open pit and the underground, low capital intensity, um, reduce the burden of uh, on our shareholders in in terms of raising equity up front to to uh, to develop our own plant, but. Um, but cede a little bit of that operational control to a third party. So there's there's benefits there um, and there's drawbacks. And, and then the other option that we're looking at is, you know, whether we build our own plant that's suitable to to process a, a much larger throughput in the in the open pit material and then at a later date the the um, underground material. 
And then you've got, as you touched on, a, a hybrid where we develop an, an open pit at, at Turnbury and use that cash flow to reinstate the the plant at Andy Well and, and get that up and running with a you know with a view to process the lower tonnage uh, but high grade underground material at a later date. So there's a number of options that we're working through, and and we're progressing that those studies and, and we'll get those out to market in December of this year. So we've got a, a reasonably good understanding at the moment of, of what that mining um, schedule looks like, both from a, a cost and, and um, production perspective. And we're just we're just fine tuning the the uh, that route to to process our ore, if you like, whether it is uh, something that we do with our own infrastructure, or whether we do it through third parties. Right. And I imagine given the that database you talked about, the 30 million plus cost of that and the history of uh, mining at Andy Well itself, um, uh, once you've decided which pathway to go down, you've sort of got to, you can have an accelerated pathway into production, I, I take it. You won't have to go through the PFS, DF, well, DFS perhaps, but not that, that 12 to 18 months, two years that it can sometimes take. Yeah, look, we we don't want to don't want to rush it. We certainly mm. see, given the the large existing mineral resource, we certainly see a clear pathway to development and to ultimately to get into production. Uh, but we want to make sure that we get we get everything right along the way, and we don't want to rush that process. So we want to have a good understanding of 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 our schedules, of our cost inputs, of being able to secure you know various contractors and, and resources to to do the work, the mining work, and and potentially the you know uh, the reconstruction of the plant, or you know, understanding what what that that route for or through to production is. So so we're not going to rush that process. We we see a, a clear progression. We've indicated to the market that 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 progression is a, a scoping study to be released in December of this year, and and from that we'll roll into a feasibility study uh, next year. So. We certainly see a, a clear pathway to production. We don't see a rushed pathway to production, mm. um, and and we we feel that uh, the time that we take to to do this or complete this study work will also uh, allow the the restrictions around labour constraints and, and various other resources that have that have inflicted the industry uh, due to COVID lockdowns and and various other things. To um, to slowly dissipate over that time, so it gives us time to mm. make sure we get every our house in order and everything. Um, uh, all of those points are addressed, but also allows the um, you know the, the constraints around labour and resources to to uh, to dissipate. Yeah, good point. Okay, now I mentioned the acquisition cost of uh, ten dollars a resource ounce. Um, I think the average in Australia is, uh, or the best, are around 20, 20 bucks an ounce, and uh, goes from there. I was just wondering how your uh, market um, enterprise value compares with some of your peers, given that you had this low acquisition cost at 10 bucks an ounce. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of intricacies when you look at um, mm. you know, enterprise values per resource ounce. Uh, everyone's, you know, all, all of our peer companies have, have got different scale, different size resources, different grade resources, access to infrastructure is different. So it's um, you know, you're not exactly comparing apples with with apples, if you like. But but we feel that we're very favourably valued in in that our enterprise value per resource ounce at the moment sits at around forty dollars per ounce. Um, we paid 
below, if you look at the 1.1 million ounces we've got in the ground and the $8 million we paid for the project, it's, it's actually below the, uh, the $10 per resource ounce. Um, so, so look, we, we certainly picked up a, a fantastic prospect, not only from, from a development proposition um, and opportunity perspective, but also from, from an exploration front. Um, you know, if you look at some of the, the costs to drill out a resource ounce, uh, the reported numbers are in the order of, of twenty to, to fifty dollars, and, and in some cases higher than that. Uh, dollars per per ounce discovered, resource ounce discovered. Um, so, so what we paid for the project in the order of ten dollars per ounce was fantastic. Um, our enterprise value of sit, sitting per resource ounce sitting at around forty dollars per ounce is is you know we feel we're very comfortable with that and feel that there's there's plenty of upside to that. And I think the other point that is is pertinent to to the discussion is there's a, a clear uh, improvement in the market capitalization um, that that investors are willing to to um, you know uh, or, or the the price investors are willing to pay for companies as they're outlined to the market the strategy as they move from exploration through development and and ultimately get into production and and. Given you know we're comfortable with our, our current enterprise value, um, but we also see that that uh, or feel that the market will, will provide us with uh, an improved valuation as we outline exactly what our plans are and the intention is with regards to developing these assets and, and generating cash flow from them and um, and that's something that uh, that we're working through at the moment with our mining studies. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now. <clears throat> It's uh, great to have the land package you've got and uh, lots of work needs to be done. So I was just wondering what the uh, cash position is like. Yeah, we're, we're in a very strong cash position at the moment. We, we've got nine, we'll, we'll come out of the end of this quarter with, with $9 million cash in the bank. Uh, so, so fantastic position to be in as we progress the, the mining study work and, and the phase two exploration. And you now we're currently concluding phase one and, and that's been a, a really important process for us in that we've drilled 10 exploration, 10 uh, distinct or unique exploration targets. Um, we haven't gone in and, and drilled out the existing resources. We know that the, those resources are in the ground. They've historically been drilled out uh, very densely. 65% of the, the 1.1 million ounces is in measured and indicated. So we've got a, got a good understanding of the geology and, and the metal inventory in the ground. So what we didn't do is we didn't go and spend money Putting more drilling into that, we we went and tested structures uh, and and um, you know prospects outside of those those mm-hmm. mineral resources, and and of those ten targets that we hit with phase one exploration, we'll we'll review that that uh, the results as they come in and prioritise the most most prospective of those ten targets and and move forward with with phase two later this year. And, and phase two will, will, will reduce the number of targets that we're hitting. So of that, those 10, we see probably three to four targets that are highly prospective that we feel with further work have the potential to be drilled out and, and brought up into a resource classification. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll, we'll progress those, those targets with, with phase two drilling later this year. And, and that'll be a much more substantial project, uh, program of, of exploration work and, and field work. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so that's that's the strategy from from an exploration perspective is to systematically test uh, the targets um, and and progress the ones that we feel are, are most prospective. 
Fantastic. Okay. Now, we've talked a lot about the Murchison, but uh, the Circle Valley uh, project down in uh, Albany Fraser Range, south of Norseman, looks interesting. What have you got there? Yeah, the Circle Valley project's a really interesting one in that it's early stage exploration for us. And, and in 2019, the company reviewed a, a number of greenfield gold opportunities uh, in and around the, the Archean Yulgarn block. And, and um, they were particularly focusing on, on potential exploration targets below transported, um, below transported cover and, and in uh, key structural trends. Right. And through that, that review, the, uh, the review of, of public domain data, we pegged uh, um, the Circle Valley block, which is 181 square kilometres of, of exploration licence covering the, the southern end of the Albany Fraser Mobile Belt. It's about 85 kilometres south of Nor Norseman. Uh, so Norseman, prolific, you know, prolific gold-producing region. Pantoro's there doing some, you know, a lot of exploration work and, and um, moving towards development. Uh, and, and, and what we see um, south of Norseman at, at Circle Valley in, in our project is uh, an area that's got, you know, it's overlain by transported cover uh, and beneath that cover you've got protozoic rocks and, and potentially metamorphosed remnants of, of Archean greenstones, which um, has the potential to host, you know, um, load or, or primary gold mineralisation. And um, it, the other important thing to understand about Circle Valley is, is the way in which um, the project was identified. And uh, it's it's very similar to to the identification of the multi-million ounce Tropicana, uh, Tropicana gold deposit, and and that was discovered again in the Albany Fraser Mobile Belt, and and it was discovered with Anglo Gold Ashanti following up on on unexplained gold in soil anomalies uh, that IGO had recognised in in the public domain data uh, that that they collected from the 1990s. So. The process that we went through in identifying that project is very similar to to that which IGO went through, and and then subsequently Anglo Gold drilled it out and, and discovered you know the the, the deposit that, that ultimately became the Tropicana Gold Mine, and um, with with our project at Circle Valley, there's there's been very limited historical air core drilling, and and that's identified primary gold mineralisation in, in the bedrock in two separate locations, anomaly A and fence line. So, so while it's, it's uh, early stage, we, we do know that there's gold mineralisation there. There just hasn't been a lot of work done. And I think with that historical work, the, the, the other uh, exciting thing from, from us, given that it is early stage, is that we followed up that, that historical air core drilling with, um, with an auger ge uh, geochem program last year and, and identified a, a 1.2 kilometre striking anomalous gold in soil um, uh, or gold in soil anomaly. Uh, and, and that's you know, very exciting given the limited amount of work that we've, we've done on that uh, or that's been done on that, that tenure. And we're going to follow that up this year with, with 5,000 metres of air core program and a small amount of uh, air core drilling and a small amount of RC and, and diamond drilling. So, uh, very early stage greenfields exploration, but but exciting and um, and certainly having a 1.2 kilometre gold in soil anomaly in a in a, a, a belt that's that hosts the the Tropicana um, multi million ounce Tropicana deposit, which was again identified from a um, you know the the open source data is is very exciting for us. Fantastic. Okay. All right, Tim, uh, if you could just bring together and give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for uh, in the rest of uh, 2021. 
Absolutely. So we're we're currently receiving and, and reporting as we receive the, the assay results from our 10,000 metres of, of phase one drilling, and we'll get those out over the, the coming month um, as they come in from the lab. So so assay results incoming. Uh, we're, we're working towards um, the delivery of, of the initial mining study, which will be released in December of this year, and that'll outline a um, path to production, a, a timeline, um, the likely costs, uh, um, you know, operating and capital costs to to develop the project, the production profile, and and the likely cash flow that it will generate. So that'll be delivered in in December. And I I mentioned that we're we're doing some early stage air core drilling down at Circle Valley. So again, that's the second half of this calendar year. We'll get the the results of that out, and and also uh, doing some further work at the Murchison Gold project with, with phase two exploration in the second half of this year. So, so it really is two, two key work streams for us, uh, ex, you know, concluding and, and reporting the exploration we're do, doing at the, the Murchison at the moment and, and rolling into phase two exploration, uh, commencing in uh, the, the exploration work at Circle Valley and, and then getting the mining study out towards the end of this year and, um, and certainly well-funded to do all that work with uh, with our strong cash position of $9 million. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go, folks. A uh, interesting story. A nice mix of near-term production potential, exploration upside in the Murchison, and um, who knows what will come up Circle Valley. Could change the story, who knows. So with that, Tim, thanks for your time today. Uh, best of luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Thanks, Barry. Great to chat. Cheers. Cheers.